At Enniscorty Credit Union, you can now sign up to a new MyCU current account with debit MasterCard. A current account that offers low monthly fees, no transaction fees for students up to age 24, is globally accepted with Google and Apple Pay, and they have real people there to chat to. Access your money anytime, anywhere with the Enniscorty CU app. Open a MyCU current account today with Enniscorty Credit Union and save money. The MyCU debit card is issued by UAB PayerNet, pursuant to license by MasterCard International Inc. Terms and conditions apply. Enniscorthy Credit Union is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Catch, touch and bang. Dara is a fantastic coach and um, some really, really exciting uh, young players coming through. Um, so there's an awful lot to be uh, excited about next week. Um, I listen to dancing at the crossroads there about three or four times a week in the car on the way down just to get me <laughs> to Tony's like the party, uh, as we well know. Then we had Billy Byrne, who was going to come in to be the game changer. And we had to put a high ball in from the middle of the field. And Billy Byrne's job was to catch, touch and bang. Catch, touch and bang. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air and then hit it. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through thick and thin. Hello, Wexford! Hello and welcome to the Wexford Hurling Podcast. So, Ben, in our last episode, I started off by talking about the 20 wides that Wexford hit against Westmead. So, on a positive note, we reduced that to just eight wides at the weekend. Are we seeing some progress? Oh. 100%. Tough day at the office for the Wexford players and management and the supporters in Wexford Park. But if there was ever a time to say it, it's only the league. Yes, that's what everyone was saying on the way out of Wexford Park. It's only the league. It's only the league. <laughs> everyone was telling everyone. Well, we're joined this week to dissect the disaster with players Colin Ryan and our own Andrew Shore. Have we smart each other? I think we did, yeah. <laughs> it's a height advantage. Andrew cut the head off you, did he? <laughs> uh, the high ball, the high ball. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't one for the high ball. And when I saw him coming, I definitely wasn't one for the high ball. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the only good days I had against Clare now, or two of them, maybe. So I'd, I'd say, I'd say, I marked you blow in in Wexford Park in that in 2014. I'd say. Yeah, I I marked for a while in Ennis, and then in Wexford Park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I vaguely remember it all right. That memory is gone, like, from my existence. Sure, will we just talk about that game instead? <laughs> <laughs> there was enough talking points in that game in here as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just do a GA rewind and forget forget the weekend happened. How smug How smug are you right now, Colin? Uh, do you know what? It's, it's like you, you, can, you can say... What you want about it, like I think Lohan, Lohan has kind of managed the the thing well. I think, like when you looked at it, you were hiding to nothing to to go and beat Westmeath. You know, no offense to Westmeath, but like you know, Claire, we're looking for lads, and then the Limerick came, and he kind of stuck with the the young lads and the kind of new lads to see, you know, what they'd get out of it, and they kind of didn't really need to get a result out of that game, but they got Limerick kind of you know going gung ho and to see what they have, and I. Obviously, he unleashed a lot of the lads back yesterday, but like to see how sharp they were was kind of, you know, unusual. I think I'm probably pleased at that side of things, like that they would look like they had a bit of cohesion and a bit of leadership. Now, what they were up against 
wasn't extraordinary and you know the heat of Munster Championship will be you know a lot lot different but it was nice to see a bit of cohesion you know in in, in the Clare team and like the, the benefits out of it, I think forgetting about maybe the result and stuff like that, the benefits out of it, like the positives are like, I'd hate to be picking the six forwards for Clare, you know, Brian Lohan at the minute because, you know, having Aidan McCarthy back and Mark Rogers, you know, firing on all cylinders. And I'd imagine he was just given a break because of the UL situation, you know, and the amount of games that, that he had played. Like, so I think that was probably the most pleasing aspect of it. I don't uh, I think anybody thought the result would go you know, but the game was essentially over at halftime. And I think, you know, they kind of unleashed a few players after that and stuff like that. It was just a really bad half of hurling for Wexford. And Clare were, you know, probably, they looked livelier, you know, and uh, they took advantage of it. You don't think Clare were actually that good? It was just... I didn't think they were brilliant. Um, you know, I think, I, I, I think obviously having, like, you know, John back and Tony back... You know, Aidan McCarthy seems like he's a price. Uh, 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 you know, he he he's a point to make. He wants to start. Ryan Taylor back. You know, these are all stars. Like you know, all star nominees. You know, like they aren't just your average Joe Soap lads that were back. Like so, you know, they're going to add a lot to the team, and they obviously gave the team a lot of confidence yesterday. And the lads were probably chomping at the bit to get back too. You know, Munster Championship's only around the corner. Like so, you know, they didn't want to be. You know, I was talking to John Conlon during the week and. Like he was chomping at the bit, like to just get back playing. I think more than anything else, like he just wanted to get on the field. I think he was like, uh, you know, he was like a lamb, like you know, he just kind of wanted to get going. Now, obviously, the performance was clearly very poor from Wexford. How much of an excuse can we make, Andrew, for the amount of players we were missing? The the biggest issue was that the didn't no one seemed to stand up, um, which would be my worry, obviously. Everyone knows the list we're missing. Matthew Lee, Rory, kind of, and Dio, let's say, are the four real main ones. But, like, pushing Foley and other. Uh, Mark Fanning is fairly key. Well, we can see now how key he is, kind of, for the goal. But uh, my the worry I'd have is I was at the match. Um, they seemed very quiet on the pitch. Now, I know Claire started fairly well, but there was no no one seemed to be trying to change something or trying to get the thing going. Like the first goal, I was I was on the 45 on the town end. The first goal, it was so open. Like it was crazy, the space. And no one, like no one came to meet him, man. It just, it just seemed like they were all over the place. Um, so look at, the way I look at it, like since Davy came in with Wexford originally, you kind of always think, okay, since then, we're going to compete or we're going to go down fighting or we're going to do something. But it just, that didn't, that didn't seem to happen yesterday. And to be honest, it, it didn't really happen in this, especially in the second half against Galway as well. Like, we, we just petered out of the game, which is the biggest worry. And when you, when you say, like, that no one, no one stood up, is that with the players that are missing, like, you, you've listed them all, they are the leaders of the team. Um, is, is that, is that what Daryl is really needing from, from the group that he sent out? He needed someone to stand up? Yeah, but the, the list leaders seem short. Like, Matthew O'Hanlon and Lee Chain are probably the two main leaders. But, like, if you look at even Claire there, you could hear them on the pitch talking. Now, I know it's easy when you're winning and you're winning by 20 points at half time. It's a different game. But there has to be something somewhere. And they didn't even, there, did, there didn't seem to be a whole lot of direction coming in from the line either 
like there was a lot of times there was players right Charlie McGuckin was over and back to the sideline I, I don't know what direction he was given and it's like other players as well but nothing seemed to happen from that or there wasn't didn't seem to be massive positional change I don't know it just it seemed like like there was no like there was no game plan and they just kind of, it just petered like it was from the start they kind of said well look we're not really going to win here so we'll just kind of get through the game which is I think that's very disappointing like there was massive amounts of people leaving a half time in the match yes there was 20 points in it but it's the worst thing to see at a hurling match when people are leaving that early. Like what? What was the story with our lads love to give out about short puckouts and short game, but when you see what was going on yesterday, you can't you can't argue with them. Like, well, there's no game plan. Whatever, like if there's a short puckout and then there's a move to happen after it, so be it. But there was a lot of times that the ball was given short, and Claire were cute enough. They let Simon Donahue and um, Clark from Glen Barrentown have it mostly. And a lot of times they just took the ball, took their steps and ran into Hassel. And then either when they were put under pressure, then they were hitting the ball down the line and especially into the wind, but it wasn't going far enough and Claire were just sweeping the ball up. I, I don't know. It's just the lack of game plan or poke out strategy or forward moving strategy would be a worry for me because the way the year is set up now, that championship is only around the corner. Have you ever been given a short puck out and told, yeah, run, work, it, work it up the field there yourself? Well, not really. I, I wasn't, well, I didn't like taking short puck outs. That was the first thing, so I'd, have me, I'd be facing the other way. But no, like, if you got a short puck out, if you had the space, it was maybe, you know, a, a long switch to the far corner or to be some bit of direction there. It just that didn't seem to be the case yesterday. Like it happened so many times that the ball was carried into contact, like over and over again, and or, or passed to a lad who was surrounded. Like I think there was twice from working the ball out that Charlie McGuckin was coming out short, like coming deep into his own 65-45 and then being given the pass when he had two or three clear lads just ready to swarm right onto him. him. Yeah, and that's where. At least one of the goals, if not two goals, came from. Claire mustn't have believed their luck. Like you might you'd be delighted, Colin, seeing that like. But there's just there, there's two things there, and like uh, Andrew probably agree with me here. Like the, whatever about people can have their kind of gripes with Fitzy and how his teams play, but the one thing for sure is that like you can be definitive that every player knows what their role is in Fitzy's team, you know, and yeah, sometimes you know, you, you mightn't have scored enough because there wasn't enough players up the field. But everybody knew what they were doing and there was very rarely a breakdown, you know, to the level that Wexford went at yesterday. You know, like, so, like, he practices a lot in training and he does it, you know, that 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 nobody has any question marks about what they have to do. Um, The other point that kind of uh, you're making there is that, like, Claire have got really good and I suppose... Claire's benchmark is trying to beat Limerick, you know, and last year I was really, really impressed with how, like, they were really, really patient until Limerick hit a certain point and then they swarmed, but they didn't swarm like with lads that didn't have legs, you know, they swarmed with Dave Fitzgerald and Ryan Taylor and Tony Kelly and, you know, you'd Aidan McCarthy and you had, you know, Malone. These are all lads that are severely fit, like, you know, and... 
Like they're serious athletes. And like the one thing I've noticed with Claire over the last two years is that their fitness levels have just jumped up a notch. You know that they are physical specimens. They they can run with the ball, and they seem to be allowing teams to come a certain distance and then hit them with bodies. And Wexford just weren't really able to cope with that yesterday. You know they they probably had a lot of lads that as uh, as Andrew said, they're lacking a bit of leadership. And suddenly, when something doesn't go right, you know you're trying to work out where that goes. But I think people don't underestimate, or you know, people underestimate. Sorry, the the, what the likes of Lee Chin and Matthew Hanlon bring you know everybody wants the the young lad to come through and the fancy hurler but like it's only in recent years that Tony Kelly is stepping up to that leadership role you know and talking on the field and you know like John Conlon is worth his weight in gold to Clare no more than Declan Hannon is to Limerick you know because them lads there isn't enough of them on the field who kind of like they, they marshal the on-field game they know what's going on and they can tell lads around them you know, stop, slow the game down, go here, we need to go short. You know, there isn't enough lads like that, I think, on inter-county teams. Limerick obviously have an awful lot of them, but everybody just seems to want to hurl. And, you know, you need a, a lot of different characters to make a really good team. And, like, when you take leaders out of a Wexford team like that, you know, uh, Dio O'Keefe and, and Matt Johan and Lee Chin, you know, they struggled obviously big time with their in-game management then yesterday of, of of how to get out of certain situations and maybe just to slow the game down when things are going wrong from, you know, there was a couple of games, a couple of goals went in, they needed to probably, obviously they couldn't cope with the wind, with the long balls coming in from, from Foodie, you know, like, so they needed to stop the game, slow it down, figure out where things were, but they obviously didn't have the leaders on the field, but lads will grow into that role, but they probably just didn't have enough from yesterday. Our squad depth has been questioned big time. Is this is this the case, Andrew, in your opinion? It is, but you're probably still missing six or eight that are going to probably start championship. Like Liam Ryan is a massive loss as well, fullback. But still, aside from all that, my biggest concern is the lack of... There doesn't seem to be any game plan. There doesn't seem to be any moves. There doesn't seem to be anything for a poke out or... Like something like when you're when you're getting really badly bet, something has to change, and it just looked like there wasn't a change there, or there wasn't a different angle to be had by the players on the pitch. That's that's the big that would be my biggest concern. Whatever when you don't have leaders, as Colin said, with especially with Fitzy, like when he have lads like he'd be doing drills over and over again, and one to thirty would nearly know everyone else's job. And you'd at least be trying to do your job correctly, but it just looked like no one really had a specific job on the pitch. And that's a worry. Do these leaders dictate the game plan when they're on the pitch? Well, of course they do. And and I think they dictate the speed of the game, the aggression. Like, like say if a, a kind of a fellow more on the verges of the team or a more quiet guy does something good like you'll you'll kind of hear it around the pitch and it'll come from a leader saying you know well done or good stuff or come again and then it, it kind of feeds through the team and that wasn't there like a prime example of a fellow who leads purely with his hurling is probably Damien Reck but he's ne- he's never going to be loud on the pitch and that's where like Matthew or Liam Ryan or Lee Chin come in even Shane Reck as well like 
our best player on the pitch was probably Cahill Dunbar, and he'll, he'll never send him on the pitch. Now, he'll keep hurling and he'll keep belting away, but he'll not send him on the pitch. Simon Donahue doesn't say a whole pile on the pitch either. The, the lack of a game plan would be my worry. Were you a leader, Andrew? I don't know. I didn't know from out in any. I don't know if I was a leader. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Colin? Uh, sure, like, listen, I, I was probably... I was probably very different in the sense that I was 25 or 6 by the time, like, we got our act together with Claire, like, you know, so, like, uh, our 20, 20, yeah, so, like, I had, I had six years of it done, like, I had, uh, you know, I, I, I'd gone through the stage of, like, being the one who was looking over their shoulder, um, looking to be taken off, like, you know, or just concentrating on your job um, and kind of only worrying about yourself. So, like, when it kind of, you know, when it came in, when Fitzy came in, like, and kind of made it more professional, like, you know, he kind of, he kind of came to me and spoke to me about, like, you know, listen, you know, this is your role on the field, like, you know, we need you, and um, he would have done the same, like, with, I suppose, some of the the older lads like Bugs and and and, and Paddy Donlan, you know, and kind of went, listen, we need you, but then, like, we had Podge and Colum Galvin and Tony, like, who were just so young and youthful, like this you know, you'd need lads to be kind of on their case, you know, or they'd, they'd just, like, they're were, they were brilliant hurlers, but, like, you know, you'd need to be talking to them and, and and working things out, like, and I suppose being the free taker and stuff like that, I probably had to be the cam head on the field, so I was probably able to do a bit more talking um, around that uh, and stuff, but it's, it, I, I think people underestimate, though, like, you know, how these young lads are like trying to make their way and trying, they, they nearly feel like they're defined by inter-county hurling, you know, like that um, they, they come out of college, they come out of school and they just play inter-county hurling and they feel like that's their, nearly their job. Like, and I think it's really only when you have a bit of perspective, maybe as time goes on that you become that leader that, you know, you kind of know there's a bit more to it than, just worrying about yourself and you know that there's maybe stuff outside of training that you're interested in and that they can take your mind away from it and stuff like that. So you're not all consumed by it. And that's what I think the, the few older lads do. They kind of just bring a bit of perspective to it that like uh, they're not worried about like what's happening right now all the time, you know, that they can kind of put a mistake behind them. They can, they can get on with things and, uh, and work things out and, you know, even when things aren't going well for them, maybe they might just give a bit of encouragement across the board to try and uh, help out somebody else. Can we learn from from Claire just just in the last two weeks? Can we learn from Claire in that you got a walloping from Limerick a couple of weeks ago and then managed to come back with a performance? Oh yeah, of course. But you're like, what, what did Claire add in? Like you added in, you know, we added in uh, John Conlon, uh, Tony Kelly, um, Ryan Taylor. So like. Three all-star nominations. We've we we've nobody injured really at present, and you know Wexford have an awful lot more to add in, like than than what Claire had. And I listen, I I get the fact that like, um, you know Tony obviously and Ryan Taylor are forwards and stuff like that, and Claire have a bit more squad depth in the sense that I don't think, you know Claire got Claire got beaten by Limerick, but it wasn't you know the hammering that Wexford took yesterday. Like like yesterday's result leaves a scar. Like. You know, it, it, you go into training on, on, on whatever evening, Tuesday evening, and, you know, people are still, you know, kind of questioning what went wrong. You know, the morale is low. You know, it takes serious leadership. Like, it'll take serious leadership from from Darry Egan to to kind of, you know, get that out of lads' heads 
um, and bring it into to two weekends time. You know, I suppose they have two weeks, but sometimes you nearly need a game as quick as possible to get something like that out of your system yesterday because you can dwell on it and think that everything is wrong and the, the, the confidence is low and that we're doing all the wrong things. When you overanalyze a game like that yesterday, sometimes it's nicer to just get back on the wagon and uh, and and clear the heads and, and play a game. And I suppose that's where good managers come in now. Dara is going to have to manage it well. See, can he get a couple of lads back in in two weeks' time? You know, keep uh, confidence high in training over the next two weeks and, and, and see, can they get a result? Some of the things that have been said, I suppose, um, Jackie Terrell last night on, on League Sunday, Clare were up against nothing, shambolic at times, not making an effort, lack of intensity, no aggression, no structure, passive, going through the motions, didn't know what they were doing. And then there was a segment that was labelled Wexford Attitude. Sure, are these things that go up in the dressing room wall for the next couple of weeks or is the day of that gone past or like how, how does that affect uh, a panel? Uh, look, I don't like pundits are there to kind of have their rap when they can. Um, I don't think that's going to play too much for all and not on the way into how the managers think now. Like, look at their, it's a closed shop as such. Um, like the only t- like there's probably going to be six changes for the next game. Um, I actually don't, I think the two week break is kind of a gift. Um, they'll probably play an A's versus B match towards the end of this week or probably on the weekend. You're going to get different lads back in. I think, I think Dar Egan has made more cuts in the panel, so he kind of has his final panel now as well. Um, like what, like a, a good performance the next day for Wexford, whether it's a win or not, but if they do stand up and they don't get absolutely hammered out the door and they're at least competitive, not that yesterday's result will be forgotten about, but it gives them a springboard going into the last game of the league, like like coming into championship. Another thing, like you have to remember, Wexford got to a league, was it last year league final against Waterford? League semi. Last time we did that, or league semi. And it was it was nearly as bad because of the players that were on the pitch, and they very nearly found themselves in the Northern semi final. If Rory O'Connor hadn't got injured, they'd have beaten Clare. So it's it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, simple as that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> agree, it, Andrew. It, agree. I'm out like so, if, if, if those, that's like the key is getting. He has to. His hand is played for him now. He has to bring back in the players that are starting to come right or only back down a bit of training. He has to play them and then he'll kind of know where he is. But I just hope there is some sort of a game plan the next day because if not, like, like Corker scoring heavily, Limerick will score heavily. Like I know yesterday wasn't a massively high-scoring game with Galway, but they're heavy scores. Again, like Munster teams are heavy scorers. Like. And Colin said it too like there's not a whole pile of lads missing from the Clare team like Aidan McCarthy is a huge addition back now and back going really well like he looks in phenomenal shape bit fast David Fitzgerald is after transforming in the last two years like he nail on the head stuff like they, they're so fit and they look perfectly conditioned and then Wexford I suppose looking at last year they did fairly well in the league and then kind of blew up in championship so it could be a slightly different approach from Dar Egan too, which he, look, he has to try. He has to try something. This is still a new enough format with the 
league and then early championship. But the next, yeah, there has to be there has to be some sort of a performance the next day, and I think the two week gap, if anything, will help. Looking on the outside, Colin, would you like these are two very tough games coming up? Would you actually worry for Wexford? You like you would like you're like you're you're I won't say you worry you worry to get another hiding like you know it's it, it you worry about like two results on top of of each other like then a trend starts to set in you know like they they need a performance uh you know in two weeks time whether you win the game or not you need a performance like you need lads to step up he'll probably like there'll probably be a reaction from Dara in the sense that I would say anybody who's fit you know, in terms of his starting 15, will be back, you know, because things like this can derail your year, you know, like you can, you unless he has a master plan where, you know, they're kind of going to, I suppose, look at the league as kind of a, a, a complete experiment. Um, It's a tightrope and you walk it and managers make them calls, you know, and they could have a grand plan that, uh, you know, they're going to hit round Robin and Leinster with all their players fresh. Um, So like, you know, who am I to, if he turns around in the first round of the Leinster Championship and they're, they're so fresh and hopping off the sod and they, they've managed it well, um, it's a really hard one to, to kind of call. But if they they get a, a tough result the next day, you know, that's when things start to kind of creep into, you know, a panel's mind, into training, you know, how, how are you going to deal with this? And suddenly their morale becomes low and it's the worst thing that could happen. But like, Going on to Andrew's point, like squad depth, like we aren't a million miles away from like uh, having a few issues where we'd struggle. Like we missed John Connell in all Ireland semi-final last year and we were shambolic in defence, you know, like in the sense that you can miss one or two players and your home or your whole game plan can go. Whereas like Limerick have a conveyor belt where, you know, they can miss pretty much any player and they'd probably survive at this stage. You know, when you look at what, you know, everybody thought they're missing Keane Lynch, they'd struggle, they didn't. You know, they're missing, you know, Declan Hannon, you know, somebody else will just step in. Um, uh, like, and there isn't too many squads out there who have that. Um, Cork are trying to build it, I suppose, and Cork are doing extraordinarily well missing some of the players they're missing this year. But it's, you know, there isn't too many teams that can miss, uh, you know, top quality players and still be competitive. Obviously, he'd be thinking, we want to get Lee Chin fit. You know, he's the main man. We need to get him fit. But is it too short-term thinking to think, oh, we got a hiding from Clare. Let's bring Lee back now. And then against Cork the next day, he gets hamstring torn again. Like, is it too much of a risk? I certainly wouldn't risk anybody like that. Like, you know, as in I certainly wouldn't risk uh, the ability of somebody being fit to 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 play in the first round of the Leinster Championship. You know, I definitely would not like be be thinking that much. And and maybe the panel kind of knows that too. You know, like that listen, he'll be back and 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 things will be there. But I would be kind of looking at lads and going, I need to get one or two back on the field, you know, and, and get a bit of cohesion and get a few leaders back in the field and just get a bit of, you know, fight. And I'd be putting I'd be putting that straight down their throat, you know, over the next two weeks. You know, you were passive, you were, you know, you lacked aggression because if there's anything in some of these players, they have to come out fighting. You know, if you can say all that about somebody's character and they come out in two weeks time and they're passive again, 
well, you know, they're definitely not cut out for inter-county hurling, you know, or they have a weak mentality for inter-county hurling. Like, you know, you have to have that in you where, you know, you'll fight. And if things go wrong, you're all about the next game, you know, and how you recover from that and how your ability is to to kind of show people that, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be called that again because it's probably the worst, you know, you can be told is, like, you know, you, you're passive or you're not aggressive at inter-county hurling. It's like, it's probably the, the worst insult anybody can ever give you because it's kind of, I suppose, there's a warrior mentality about hurling and sport and everything else. And if you don't stand up and, and, and fight for, you know, yourself then and then your county, you know, it's a black mark on you. Yeah, and Andrew, you mentioned the the likelihood of an A versus B match um, at the end at the end of the week. In that type of a game, like would and you talked about the game plans. Is there game plans in a in a training A versus B, or is it just going out and seeing who's actually really up for this right now? No, the, look at the, you have to like that's where you that's where you really practice them like in in those games. But like, and I, I'm sure Colin will be able to tell you the same. Like some of those A's and B's, B games are way more tough, way harder than league and sometimes even championship. Like, especially when there has to be some sort of a backlash in the team come next week. And if Dar Egan is lashing it into him saying, Listen, you said no aggression, you're passive, you need to stand up. Like, there, there will be, there have to be some sort of a backlash. So, and yes, they will be. They will be. They'll have to practice their game plan. They're gonna. They have to work on something. Absolutely. You're saying that there, Andrew, about the A's versus B's and stuff like that. Like I remember one year, we 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 were after being beaten and and kind of the team was kind of struggling. And I remember like turning around to Bugs and I was like, listen, like you know, we need to do something here. And like within five minutes into our training match, the two of us were rolling around on the ground and like. You know, none of us planned it. None of us did anything, but it was kind of a case of we both knew and looked at each other and went, you know, everybody needs to see that this means something, you know, and that you need to set a tone here. And like, it, it wasn't, there was no dirty slap or anything like that, but it was just kind of, everybody looked around and went, okay, you know, this is, you know, we need to, we need to get our back up and go again. And sometimes it can just take a moment like that or, you know, uh, somebody to just kind of set a trend again where, you know, we're going to fight for this and stuff like that. And the A versus B games, that's where leaders really stand up like and you can kind of see, you know, who's ready for it and who's not. And see who it matters to the most. That's not almost wasting your aggression. Have a fierce game A and B next weekend and then come to Cork and they're gone flat again. Oh, uh, I absolutely don't think, not. I, I don't think so, no. Absolutely not. Like you need to get last week out of your system, you see, you know, and the quicker you do that, I think the better, you know, I'd be lamping off lads on Tuesday night. You know, you'd nearly be setting it for Tuesday night if it wasn't for all the recovery things, you know, that are going on. You'd want it as quick as possible. Seeing as our squad depth has been questioned big time and a lot of the leaders we, we named there are there a long time. Do you think, Andrew, maybe we have a problem in bringing young lads through? I don't know. I, I think different counties go through different phases. At the moment, we don't seem to have any lads. Like Connor Foley, I think is probably the the fella that we can look to most as coming through. But anyone we've brought through recently, like we've no kind of 
they have a Fitzgerald size guys or you know kind of bigger guys that have something about them. We have a lot of we have kind of small forwards, um, tight kind of nippy cornerbacks. But I, I think every well apart from Limerick it seems, but I think every county seems to go through phases of like getting kind of good young lads through and not. But for this team, as in the the, the bone, the, the the main part of the team and panel in Wexford, there's not a whole many years left for this group of players to do something, I don't think, which would be a worry because then again, you go back to a kind of a a building period as such um, and our under-20s at the moment are not lighting the thing up. Maybe they'll do a bit better this year, but it, it, it would be a worry. It's a concern, yeah, but I think most most teams go through these lulls, but for the actual group that is there at the moment, it's probably this year or next year and you're going to lose a lot of guys. Like, there's even a fall-off already, like Paul Morris, Sean Murphy and stuff, Harry Kyo. Like, imagine how valuable Harry Kyo and Paul Morris even would have been yesterday to bring on early. Like, Paul Morris will always get a couple of scores. Same with Harry. We we don't really have that there at the moment. You need to start thinking a bit positively. <laughs> I'm very positive at the minute. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take much to change an attitude like, and everything is doom and gloom now and we're talking about it like, and but all you're looking for is a reaction off these players like, you know, and if you get a reaction off them, then everything changes and suddenly the morale is high again. And, you know, like the, the, the one positive I would say about inter-county hurling now the, these days is that results can sway so much like because of the way the game is played, like it's so like every, every team on their day has the ability to string a performance together, you know, to beat another team. And like a typical example of that is obviously like look at the Munster Championship, you know, you could be uh, like everybody could possibly beat each other, you know, in Munster Championship. And it's a mentality thing that Limerick have that they're winning tight games, you know, because they have that confidence and they have that know-how. But Going back to like what Andrew said about like the like Limerick are very good now, and people will talk about their conveyor belt, but Limerick will not get another Garrod Hegarty. Limerick will not get another Declan Hannon for a long, long time. They will not get another Sean Finn. They will not get another Keen Lynch. But they're making hay with these lads because they all came together, you know, and they are really, really fulfilling their potential in terms of like winning all Ireland's while they are there. But like Gerard Hegarty is a once in a in a lifetime hurler, you know, in terms of what like the, his size, his athleticism, you know, his his ability to improve as a hurler. Keen Lynch is once in a lifetime hurler, you know. You don't get players like this on a conveyor belt in Limerick or Clare or Wexford, you know. Like even Cork and Tip have struggled, you know, the two traditional counties in recent times. Kilkenny have held tough because of Cody. You'd wonder if it was anybody else, Bar Cody there, would they have gone through a transition, you know, and changed their mentality? But like it is a generational thing. And when you get groups of players that come through, um, you really want to make hay with them. And like that's where I suppose with Claire, I suppose we'd be extraordinarily disappointed if, you know, we couldn't get another one with that group of Tony Kelly, you know, and I and then because like Tony's a once in a lifetime hurler, like we don't have another. Tony Kelly coming through, you know, we have a few good forwards coming through and I suppose the advantage of, of David Fitzgerald maturing as a hurler, like he's somebody I thought we had lost, you know, and like to gain a fella like that who, 
who's shown serious athleticism and has added to our game plan something no end. Like Ryan Taylor, who I would have considered uh, a very lively club hurler, like he looks like somebody that is undroppable with Claire at the minute, you know, and adds a, a, a another dimension to them. Uh, so like sir, sometimes you can get these players that come through that just fit into a team um, but Limerick's conveyor belt isn't going to stay going like listen I'm teaching in there you know you can see even Art Skull aren't as dominant maybe as what they would have been around the time that they had you know Dowling and all these lads coming through you know Declan Hannon and, and Art Skull like listen to their I won't say to their demise but like Art Skull are bringing in a lot of lads from from uh, from Clare you know, there's a lot of players coming in from from Clonara and um, Killaloo, Cratlow, Six Mile Bridge, and to be quite honest, I'm delighted because you know we have we've two Hearty Cup schools now seriously developing players. You know, for us, you know, it's like so while Art School are chasing glory, we're getting an awful lot. Like there was an under 16 and a half uh, hurling final last year between Flannans and uh, Art School. 15 Flannans, obviously. And there was 10 art skull players from Clare. So we had we we had 20, 20 to 25 who, who played action, come on as subs or 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 saw game time. And like Clare are thrilled with that. Why would we need to develop another school when art skull are spending so much time with us? And they're doing all their gym work in there and they're doing everything else. And that's gonna affect Limerick in time to come. Infestation of, of Limerick by Clare people. Uh, they want us. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great tactic. Yeah, well, they're they're going further and further out, and you know what? Like it's um, it, it's it's crazy to think like that. Like when you're when you're chasing success, and like art school are chasing success massively, and like art school are just throwing the net out. You know they don't really care where they're coming from, and you know we're happy to to go along with that if they're going to take in players and and now we are going to lose a few, obviously. If if you know they're going to be obviously contesting places with some Limerick schools and stuff like that, but uh, they're definitely like I suppose they're not thinking about the long term plan of of Limerick hurling and maybe how it's affecting them at present because they're being successful. That's what um, Kilkenny do with Go Council. You know, they send their the Kilkenny boys to Go Council to get the extra training and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know enough about the schools, but the, the colleges as well, like Wexford don't have huge representation in the Fitzgibbon, whereas you, you look at Galway and they had two teams in the semi-finals. One of them made up, I think, of 15 players from Galway and another probably had, had another 10. We're we're the same, though. We're the same. I often note like this. You'd often be following like UL, um, LIT. LIT gets predominantly, we get a good share in LIT, all right or TUS, shall we say, Midwest now. But, well, I'm often like, oh, God, I'm surprised that fella didn't make it or whatever. But you're competing with, I suppose, Limerick and Tipperary. And, you know, UL is such a big college that we do lose a couple of players inside there. Like, I even note Keen Galvin, who started the first league game uh, for Clare, started the first Fitzgibbon game for UL, and then it didn't really see action after that. Like, so... It you know it doesn't it doesn't benefit us as much maybe as I suppose we don't have a a traditional college maybe associated with us. I think this year was a lower year. Previous previous years, last year we had quite a few with DCU and quite a few with uh, Carlo. Yeah, I suppose it's more sporadic for for Wexford and probably for for Clare as well. 
Um, whereas the likes of Galway and Cork are always going to have huge numbers. Oh. Do you play Fitzgibbon, Andrew? I didn't, no. I went, what did I play? I played uh, Freshers with WIT. Um, I went to one lecture down there and I <laughs> then I, I, I played a bit. Of, I played a bit of, no, I was only down there. I think I was down there for six months. Um, and then I was in I was in NCI in Dublin and I played like was a third, third division there. That was about the size of it for me. You're probably a Fitzgibbon hero, are you? Up on the wall, Colin. Oh, I don't. I doubt that. Uh, I went. To, uh, I, we lost. We lost uh, the Fitzgibbon. My in my first year, we were low play. Obviously, so long ago now. In my first year, you we were low play Fitzgibbon. So we lost uh, the Fitzgibbon semi final to WIT below in UCC and uh, Darigan. I actually played Fitzgibbon hurling with Darigan. Darigan was full forward on my Fitzgibbon team. Uh, Mary, I. No, in Galway, NUI Galway. On Galway. There were the three years in Galway, and then he went to Mary Iden after that. But he, we, we lost the Fitzgibbon final then in my second year to uh, the All Star LIT team, sure. Mm. Like uh, the, the absolute ridiculous team that had, uh, God, if I can remember, uh, Shane McGrath, Tipperary, Joe Canning, Galway, Owen Cadigan, Jonathan Clancy, Clare. Mm. Um, <laughs> Uh, who else? Conor O'Mahony, Tipperary, um, Fraggy Murphy, Cork. Oh God, there was more. I'm definitely forget. Ear Latanian. Um, it was like I think I think something like eight of them went on to win all stars. So is the fact that you played Fitzgibbon with Dara the only reason you're not roasting him here now? Uh, do you know what? I don't. I don't know enough. I I would. I would never really. Uh, roast an intercounty manager because it has gone so intense yeah. and so stressful that like it is like you, you're you're looked at constantly all the time. You're you, it's all consuming. You know, I actually don't know how somebody would get the headspace to to do it because I can only imagine like after that last yesterday now for Wexford, like that Darrow went home, probably made you know ten phone calls probably talked to a load of different players, probably watched the game back, talked to, you know, his backroom team. And like, he still has to get up and go to work this morning. You know, like I can only imagine how, how tough it is. And like, you need to be a unique character, I think, to be able to, to kind of, you know, to, to get away from that and to, to, you know, and I, and Dara wants to be successful. You know, there's no two ways about it. Like he wants to to be an intercounty manager, and he probably wants to manage Tipperary someday. I'm sure. So, uh, like, I'd never come on here and roast a, a manager because it's it's an extremely tough job. And I, I think until you're willing to step into somebody's shoes, uh, you know, you kind of need to hold your your court a small bit and kind of go, yeah, you can analyze them and 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 wonder how things are going, and you know, you don't know enough about what's going on internally you know, to criticise a fella or not because the Wexford lads could love him, you know, and that's what always kind of um, caught me with people's, you know, uh, criticism of Fitzy. Like, on the outside, he was like Marmite, you know, people loved him and hated him in terms of his antics, but, like, he was one of the best managers that I ever had, you know, because he made you feel like, you know, you were 10 feet tall when you probably didn't deserve to be 
you know, inside the training, you know, and, and kind of, and give, like, if, if things were going wrong for you, or you, you asked, I remember one year asking for help about, like, something in my game, and, like, Christ, he'd meet you, like, three days a week to help you, you know, and he'd nearly do the drills your, himself with you, like, so, until you realise, I think, what goes on internally and the work that these lads put into it, it's very hard to criticise them, you know, and I think only, only certain, and you'll always get criticism from lads that maybe aren't their cup of tea or aren't playing, you know, and you might hear stuff back from that, but, like, you know, the, the effort they put in is is absolutely phenomenal. Well, Davey has definitely got enough of it anyway. <laughs> I, I, he's actually not quiet. <laughs> I don't know. I might be a bit quieter in the media now. I, th- I think I think it's just that he's so far away now in Waterford that it's just like <laughs> it's like it's like he's in a different country. There was a a challenge match with Wexford and Waterford there a few weeks ago in Ferns now. I heard he was he was himself, McCarla. No. But I, but just to, just to touch into that, I, I think that's what makes him the type of manager he is. He is constantly on. Like there's no there's no practice match with him. There's no kind of oh we go through the motions in the training game. Like I was just I actually I, I was going to go up to that game and um, the practice game I didn't, but I was talking to a guy today who was at. And he said it was it was like championship, like their warm up was like championship. Like he said they were killing each other in the warm up. And he said like that some of the Wexford lads kind of there was five or six in a pod over there doing a bit of training, a bit of rehab stuff. There was another few over here that were going through the motions in the warm up, and then Waterford absolutely battered them then in the actual match. But that's that's ex- like that's exactly why he's able to have the success he has. And I, I, look, and it's also why maybe teams burn out under him as well because he is always on and he's so intense. But it's kind of that's the beauty of, I suppose, Davy Fitz's way of doing stuff as well. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, as I said, it does have its, it does have its advantages. Like, and as I said, he can nearly be too switched on all the time and trying to be, you know, two steps ahead when what he's doing is okay. You know, he's nearly always looking to the future and how things could work and. It, it is like he's all consuming like you know it's 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 what he does it's his full-time job like it's um you know he probably has he he probably needs a switch off you know he he, he could do with a monday morning job you know that, that takes his mind off things but you know he probably wouldn't function he tell you himself you know like i often have the discussion about him and there was things about his health and you know if somebody turned around to him in the morning and said like you know if you keep doing what you're doing you know like this isn't good for your health you know, I, I, I don't think he could stop. You know, I think, someone, I, I think someone did say that to him a few years ago, didn't they? Didn't yeah, he I something and and it did, he, didn't really stop him. Yeah, he, he'd openly come out and tell you like that. I'd say if he wasn't involved, like, you know, he wouldn't know how to function. You know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have anything. You know, he wouldn't know what to do. I suppose from from Darry Egan's point of view, like he has had setbacks. Before with Wexford, last year it was already mentioned the league semi final against Waterford. We got a fair trim in there, but bounced back a bit in the championship. Had the draw against Westmead, but then went to Nolan Park to beat Kilkenny and and make it through. And then, you know, the match against Clare didn't go our way in the end, but it was a, it was a good performance from especially for the first fifty minutes. Hopefully, hopefully it's just the league being the league and nothing to panic about just yet 
but I think positive... I, that's why that's why I think he's like there's there is going to be like obviously with recovery and all as we've said like Tuesday is not going to be hectic, but whenever they do get doing a bit of game based stuff, there will be hair flying this week, and it's it's kind of a, a lot of it will be forgotten about within the group, whatever about outside, if they get a good performance in two weeks' time. It yeah. just like it, it it just it flips the season again for them, and look, that's, that's kind of it's, that's the that's the beauty of, of Harland, I suppose, for him. Like he'll be he'll be he'll be looking forward to that match. He like he'll be starting to try and pick his team. And as Colin said, he, he he needs to get lads back on the field. Like I wouldn't worry. Like if if Lee Chin is injured or kind of still niggly, like you have to you have to hold him back, obviously. But the lads that are kind of back in full training that are after coming back from injury. Mightn't be necessarily fully fit yet, but he will want to be getting those lads on the pitch. And his hand is played for him now. Maybe that wasn't in his plans, but he has to do that now. The only thing is probably better this year at the time they got the trimming than when last year when they got against Waterford because it was yeah. no games to put it right then. Yeah, definitely. Like I think there, like there's a certain element of like it's good timing. Like there's nothing worse, I think, than. Um, going to a league semi-final and kind of feeling like, oh yeah, like we kind of want to win this, but we don't know if we really want to win this because we're coming to championship, and then suddenly you're off and you get a beaten, and the next game is Leinster championship. You know, like so, it's definitely you know the right timing for it where you can kind of go, okay, that's you know that's our setback. We learn from it. We go again, and like if they get the reaction then everything is forgotten about, you know, and they get the bodies back in the field and, um, you know, and they can concentrate on looking forward to Leinster Championship again. Like, so there, there is definitely, you know, positives that, um, like, it, it, it's a hundred times better now than any time in the future. So, like, you know, in, in the last two league games or a Leinster Championship game, you know, it's, it's, it's way better now than then. Now, Andrew, you've got a... A lovely job to do. So it's time for to pick the hurler of the week, sponsored by Boland's Wexford Ford, the official Ford dealership located in Ferrybank, Wexford, number one for new and used cars in Ireland. Boland's currently have reduced car price promotion, but a price drop on used cars. So make sure and drop in and check that out. Andrew, have you any selections for uh, the hurler of the week this week for us? This has to be a Wexford player, doesn't it? Yeah. Does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure, Cahill Dunbar was easily the, the best Wexford player on the pitch, I think. And uh, I think he got three or four points. He had a couple of half goal chances. Um, yeah, so Cahill Dunbar would be my player of the week, Gary. Well done to Cahill Dunbar. Yeah, he has a, he has a thing about... Score play against Clare. Yeah. <laughs> he got five uh, a couple of years ago. Five from play a couple of years ago, and then yeah, he got three or four um, at the weekend. And both games playing midfield, and I don't think he's played midfield in between much, has he? No, he, he's kind of corner forward, wing forward. But like from a very negative day, I think that I, I actually I, I think that's a massive taking from the game because. He's kind of a guy who has shown the potential over the last few years, kind of, but not consistently. But like, it was absolutely obvious yesterday. The chips were down everywhere, and he was still, he kind of still played well, and he still 
went to it and he kept kept going for the ball and trying and trying. And even like apart from his scores, like he, he was getting back and turning over the ball. He was making a nuisance out of himself. He was winning dirty ball. And he he hasn't really done that consistently, kind of. Now I know he's been in the Wexford panel for a good a good few years, but like he he should be a a really really important player for Wexford Championship this year. Well, I hope he is. But yeah. like you're, you're talking there about like that, Andrew. I fully agree. Like, and I I think if you look at Clare's squad at the minute, Clare's squad is scattered with lads who have like struggled. I won't say struggle, but struggle to put down a, a starting block early and now suddenly, you know, are flourishing in terms of like, you look at Connor Cleary seems to be doing okay at fullback, seems to have made it his own there for a while. Paul Flanagan, uh, Dave Fitzgerald, um, you know, like are all lads who nobody saw kind of, you know, holding down a spot. And sometimes it can just come with maturity and maybe realizing that like you're a man now and that you can deal with all this that's going on um and, and stand up and like getting lads like that is like getting a new player, you know, coming through at, at 18, you know. So somebody like Carl Dunbar could drive on and maybe he just needs the positioning of being out around the middle of the field, you know, and it might be just that corner forward is just that position where oh God, I just don't have the patience for it. You know, I was there as well, and it's 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 a hard position to kind of play. You know, it's certainly in this day and age and maybe, you know, the, the freedom of, of, of going out the field might help him and, you know, might be something that they can get more out of him and add add to their, you know, their, their depth in their squad. Yeah, I definitely think out the field is his spot. He can score from distance as well. That's very important to have. But I but I, but I I hated it. Like, I was corner forward for, uh, oh God, I made my debut in 2007. I was corner forward until, until Fitzy came in. And like I remember playing corner forward. Uh, I remember playing with my club. We won the county final in 2012, and I was playing like kind of centre forward, wing forward, and like it was just like it was like as if something clicked. That like this is a far better position that suits my, you know, my skill set and you know my reading of the game and stuff like that. And Fitzy just came to me the following year and he said like you know you'll never play inside corner forward again. You know like that. That but like it was nearly like as if it was. It was kind of a weight off my shoulders, like that. You know, I don't need to be worrying about going in there again and and playing that role that I just don't have the patience for, um, or don't have the you know kind of uh, the the headspace to go and play. Some lads are absolutely phenomenal, you know, like Peter Casey is like an unbelievable corner forward. Like he just has it all, um, and he has the patience to go with it. Some lads have it, and some lads don't, and it it can just be kind of. Uh, your shoulders can go down and, you know, you can kind of feel it tough, but maybe somebody like Carl Dunbar needs the, the freedom out there. It seems to be the way, like evidence suggests now, I wouldn't be surprised again to see him corner forward next day, to be honest, but. <laughs> <laughs> Until we play Claire again, you go back to midfield and get another couple of points from play. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much, lads, for joining us. Thanks for yeah. having me. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Daniel. You're the best. Henry is the best of what he did to ever played it. Unquestionably the best there ever was. Mike, well, he was just so good. A magician. I knew.
youngest is 15, uh, nine brothers and five sisters. They just stuck you in the goal then? Yeah, well, uh, a so-called goal, uh, two tar barrels. Damien Fitzhenry was the best goalkeeper I ever played, but you know, I'd say, I'd say that. Damien Fitzhenry is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. So I'd probably, like, I'd probably say Damien. Unfortunately, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it, as he was in Wexford Park, but he didn't actually get to watch the game. Uh, why didn't he get to watch the game? He actually came to the game, fully tugged in Wexford gear, and then kind of maneuvered himself into the warm-up with the Wexford team. Did most of it, because he, he knows most of the lads anyway. Then when they all went to sit on the bench, he sat in beside the subs. There wasn't enough room for everybody. The stewards had to come over and, you know, so said, why isn't there enough? There, there's extra subs. So... He was asked to leave anyway and kicked up a bit of a fuss. Anyway, so he had to leave the he had to leave the I mean I'd I'd say it sounds embarrassing, but everything at the weekend seemed to be a bit embarrassing. That is true, actually. That is true. So it would have been great to have him, but you know, couldn't couldn't get him. Anyway, thanks to everyone for listening and thanks to our sponsor, the Enniscorthy Credit Union. Take care. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking pace. Hello, Wexford! <laughs>